Hi, you're listening to episode 31 of the Playing Flow podcast with Rita Hyland. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. Hello, friends. Mm, I hope you're having an easy, delightful, smooth week. If that sounds crazy to you, as it may in light of external circumstances these days, I believe that you will find today's episode particularly relevant and practical and hopefully inspiring. Because today I want to talk to you about one of the biggest threats to building a great anything, a great masterpiece, a great business, a great relationship, or even a great life. And it's something that is so uncommon in our culture that it often goes unseen. That's why I refer to it sometimes as the silent killer, because it snubs out life. What I'm talking about is the addiction to struggle. That is the resistance to ease and peace as it relates to work and life. And so it's instead of allowing for things to be easy, we overcomplicate or overthink, complain, and seek out all the ways and all the things that make life difficult. In turn, what we're really doing is proving a cultural thesis that life is hard and business is stressful. I believe that the addiction to struggle single-handedly prevents many people from ever living the life of ease and peace that they say they truly want. When I talk to people, one of the most important questions, of course, is I ask is, what do you want? They will tell me of what they want to be different. Sometimes it's things that they've tried to change or fix. Other times it's to create something completely new. But after they explain the details and everyone's got unique and specific desires, we always get to a common bottom line. The answer is always the same from all of my clients through the decades that I've worked. And it's that at the end of that question, the answer is inevitably, I want more peace. I want more ease. So why is it that when so many yearn for greater ease and peace, that it remains elusive? I believe in large part that it is due to being drawn to struggle more than ease. Yesterday, I was talking with a woman. I'll call her Kathleen. She's smart, highly functioning, and has an active career in finance. And as we were talking and sharing and reflecting on some of her initial 
problems or things that she wanted to resolve or shift. And she was observing all the changes and in her progress and somewhat we were going through celebrating them, she noticed a discomfort rising in her and she made note of it. She told me how uncomfortable she was even as she was building these, the work and the life that she wanted. She said she didn't know how she'd be and who she'd be if she didn't have problems to fix. She didn't know what she'd do with herself. That when she looked at it, her life and identity had always been tied to her working and figuring out and struggling. And the more that we talked, the more that she talked about what she was seeing. She'd struggled with work. She'd always struggled with building a business, then struggled earning money, and then to advance her career and more money, and then getting her kids what they needed. And she always viewed them, all of these things, as a struggle. She approached all of them as a struggle. She talked about them as a struggle. And I noticed even in our short time together is that whenever I asked her to report her wins or to observe what had gone right, that she would quickly move on and back into that which was a struggle. It was too uncomfortable for her to sit in anything other than struggle. The reason is because it's now her habit. She noticed that the very thing that she wants to experience greater ease and peace is also something that she actively resists. And she's not alone. Many people recognize this. Many of us resist ease, even though it's the very thing we're seeking in our lives. And just like Kathleen, I too have had some real resistance to allowing things to come easy at points in my life. My attachment to struggle runs deep within me, as it does for many of the people that I know and work with. And I recently noticed something I did, an incident, and I'll share that with you in a moment to demonstrate how deep it can run, even when I have done such work and moved through things. Resisting ease and being attached to struggle causes so many people a great deal of stress and worry and pain. And what's important to know is that in most cases, or in many cases, the difficulty and the struggle is totally self-induced and not necessary. So why do so many say that they want to let go of the struggle and trade it in for more ease and peace, but then have a hard time letting it go when it comes to the opportunity? Here are some of the many reasons that I see are generated out of beliefs that many I've noticed used to justify their struggle. These are the reasons that they would say that they are attached to the struggle. The first is that if I don't have to struggle for something, it doesn't really mean all that much. That is that whole idea of that, and we've talked about this, is that something has more value when it's hard or difficult to earn. I mean, who on earth moves through things easily and elegantly? And what do you think of people that don't have to struggle? What happens is that unwittingly, because of our cultural belief, we say that they don't have as much value or we don't respect them as much. Every hero, when you think about it, in a movie 
It's the, it's the hero's journey. There's always some struggle to overcome. And that in and of itself makes them a hero in our movies. Another reason is if everything comes to me, other people will get jealous or won't like me or won't respect me. Another reason or belief I hear under all the layers when we peel it back is it's not fair for things to be easy for me, especially when so many people are having to have a hard time these days or they're in their own struggle. How dare I allow things to be easy? I need to belong to be one of them. Still others sometimes have said that they feel comfortable with struggle. They, 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 they fight defending struggle. It's familiar and it's comfortable. It's like wearing an old pair of jeans. They've done it since they were young. It's who they are, which goes into some people use struggle as motivation to change and to create the stress they believe they need to succeed. But a real reason that I see many invest in the struggle and they do it unconsciously is because struggling allows them to avoid other things like uncomfortable feelings or situations that they don't want to deal with. And I see this particularly with people who overwork. That kind of struggle, it distracts them from things that they may not want to deal with in their home life. Going home to a child that's unhappy or a spouse that is not happy, whatever the reason is, there's this avoidance of something, whether it's avoidance of being more vulnerable, avoidance of of sitting in another discomfort. So they use a struggle, a made-up struggle, make sure to be attached to the struggle, addicted to the struggle, so as to avoid something else. And if any of these sound familiar, maybe some of them do for you, I know I have been at play with them at times in my life, then I want you to take a moment and, and acknowledge it. Own that, wow, I do that sometimes. Because it's not about blaming yourself. It's, it's about being aware. There's no reason to be hard on yourself about these things and make the pattern of, of making things difficult more difficult. It's important to understand it's not your fault because it is so embedded in our culture. Our culture teaches us from an early age that life's hard and that struggle makes you strong. It gives you a purpose, gives you something to do. Our culture teaches us to invest in the struggle. But what I find so interesting is at the end of the life of many, it's the exact opposite way that those who are dying had wished they lived. Specifically, in the book, The Five Regrets of the Dying, the top five is I didn't allow myself to be happy. Said differently, I was too attached to the struggle when happiness and ease and peace was something I could have allowed. So we make this interpretation. I think that easy means lazy. I heard that as my childhood, in my childhood. And we unwittingly look for ways, therefore, to make things difficult in order to find the struggle, even we don't have to, whether that's because some of the things I said, it'll make you more, the thing that we earn more valuable or make you feel more worthy There's something about your ego that wants to make you feel strong by overcoming. So I shared and mentioned to you that I had this recent incident that demonstrates how deep my own programming of addiction to struggle is. 
And it was about a week or two ago. And I was on a group of call where there were about six people, I think, on a Zoom call where we were debriefing the previous week as it pertained to this topic. And the five before me shared something difficult that they'd experienced. And I was the last to go. And I observed myself scrambling to think of something that was hard or not going well. And I was, I was scrambling because I, I was, I couldn't think of it. I was struggling to find the struggle, but then I found something and I shared it. And as soon as I did, I saw that what I had just done was grab onto my addiction of struggle and I couldn't believe it. So when my turn came again to talk before I responded to the question being asked, I called myself out on it in the group. And I said exactly what I had done, that I'd made up something that was difficult because I wanted to belong. I didn't want to not be included or for anyone to think that I have it too easy. That would say something about my worthiness or that I would be, again, included. And it made me think, and I started to imagine, can you imagine where a world where everyone tries to outperform each other with the size of their struggle? Can you imagine that? You may not think it's real, but I see that happening on a daily basis. That is exactly what we do unwittingly, oftentimes in our culture. What if we allowed things to be easier? What if we started to speak about and own the aspects of our lives that are easy to us? What if we expect things to even get easier than they are, as opposed to always looking for like, oh, it's going to get even worse? You hear that a lot. What if it was encouraged to find how easy our day was? What if we let go of our attachment or addiction to constantly struggling? What would you do with the time and the energy that you got back from not being enmeshed in struggle? What would you create? How would you experience your life differently or your work differently? What if instead of investing in the thought that everything is hard or difficult or a struggle, what if we just owned that life is easy? Let me tell you, years ago, when I realized, and this is 20-some years ago, when I realized I was addicted to struggle, my own words, not something that I I recognized then, but I would go to work and I really could have won the award for most difficult life by the colleagues at work who listened to my stories of my hardship and my drama. And they'd say, I can't believe this. Anything else could happen that's harder to someone than like you. And I decided at that point that I was going to test out that if I started to identify as the kind of person that good things happen to and that everything was working out on my behalf easily and perfectly, I wondered if that would change my external world, and I decided to challenge myself to see. So instead of listening to myself talk about how this is always happening to me or why it's always so hard to get people to do something or how hard it is to get the answer or to finish what I want or to make good money, instead of consistently trying to prove the difficulty and and embrace and jump into the struggle, I started to talk to myself. I didn't listen to that anymore. I started to talk to myself and I started to ask a different and better question because you may know that life is a product of how good our questions are. So I asked a better question. What if this situation was easy? What would I do? How would I approach it then? And then I acted on it. 
And the more I did this, the more I started experiencing more ease because I took the easier approach. I had a new solution when I came from the thought. Remember, thoughts lead to our feelings that lead to our actions that lead to our results. I came from a different thought that life was easy. Then I had a different feeling, which imbued a different action for me to approach things with. And my, my result was different. That's how this works. So I took this easier approach and I began seeing the evidence of the ease in my life and my work. And it was amazing. So how do I do it? How did I do it? First, I had to make the distinction in my thinking. I rewrote what I had been taught. I no longer said that easy equaled lazy. Easy doesn't mean lazy. It doesn't mean we aren't willing to work or that we expect a free ride. It means that I'm willing to have things work out. Trust that all is well and allow life to flow in a positive and smooth way for myself. We have to be open to that possibility. We have to be training our brain as well to look for that. I'm not saying that we don't have to do hard things sometimes and that we don't have conditions and circumstances that appear suboptimal relative to our ideal. They're all around us. But here's the thing. When we begin with the thought that this is going to be hard or painful or a struggle, we make it more so. And I believe that this topic is so timely because right now so many are struggling, unhappy, even anxiety-ridden, and it's continuing to get amplified as we focus on external circumstances not being the way we want, kids not going back to school as expected, businesses are continuing to be hit. The list of challenges and the problems can seem long, but My point is that by sitting down and becoming best friends with struggle, we are feeding the wolf and it grows. So if you're a smart and growth-minded leader listening to this, which I imagine you are, you are probably wanting to know how do you change that if you've spent years with struggle as your buddy? What if you replaced it with, if I knew for a fact this situation was easy, what would I do? Imagine that that thing in your life right now that you are struggling with, give it, give it some thought right now. Pick something that you feel is difficult or a struggle. That issue with your boss or your daughter or your spouse or your friend. Heck, even your relationship with COVID-19. Imagine where you are with that struggle right now. And instead of seeing how hard it is to change something, which is a backwards approach we've discussed before, trying to change the circumstance as opposed to moving towards the vision, you changed your thought about it and you changed it to this is easy. Then ask yourself, if I knew for a fact this was easy, what would I do? If it was easy, what would I choose? then take that action. We've got to let go of this addiction to the struggle. Let go of making things hard that don't need to be difficult. If we're we're vigilant about 
calling them, which is what I do all day, calling it like it is. Like when I see myself get into a, oh, this is so difficult, is to say, is it really? If I knew it was easy, what would I do? How would I approach it differently? Right now, it's your turn. There is something that you may be suffering with. So I'm going to give you just a couple steps. I want to make this exceedingly easy for you to transfer, to shift, to transform your world from struggle and your addiction to always finding things as difficult and being something you have to work on to moving them to ease and peace. And the first step is this. You have to have the mindset shift that I am open to the possibility that this situation is easy. Say it to yourself. I say it. I open myself up all the time. Arms open. I'm open to the possibility that this situation works out and that this situation is easy. Your second step is to ask this question. If I knew for a fact this was easy, what I would do is. If I knew for a fact that this was easy, whatever I wanted or whatever situation I'm in that I have previously considered a struggle, what would I do? The third step is to take action. Simply go forth and approach it as though it was easy. It's when we say things that are difficult and that there's struggle that we exceed, expend rather, a lot of energy and time. And we miss opportunities that could be had right here by being mindful and being in the moment. The other challenge that I am going to add to this and encourage you to consider is to start a week of the no complaining challenge. Author John Gordon, I think, has a book that might be called the no complaining rule. But I've had people do this and he says that you really don't have to completely stop all complaining, just the chronic complaining that brings you down. And he also talks about turning complaints into solutions. There's just too much misery loves company going on right now. We're constantly, I, I, I hear people say, I'm even tired of it. I'm tired of this is the only conversation we're having. Stop finding company and discussing struggle. And instead t- say, tell me something good. It's the first thing I say to my mom when I call her every day. Mom, tell me something good. You have to choose. And it's very different in our culture, which is always looking to bond over gossip or complaining or misery or struggle. The last step that I'm going to encourage you to do is to choose a new identity. The identity of someone who everything you do is easy. Notice your body's resistance, even perhaps as I say that. Can you be a person where you just like, yeah, this is this works. This is the way it always works for me. It just shows up. It's easy. It always works out. Some people, you might even be feeling it yourself, might say that's arrogant or that's wrong or that's weird. Notice that if you define yourself by your struggle, and some do this, it's their identity, you know, to endure hardship or I call it their MO because it's part of their habits. It used to be, that used to be part of who I was. It was my shtick. But you can change your identity. You can choose to to take on the ways of being and the characteristics of somebody who has a easier and more peaceful life. Not because situations and ex- things happen differently. And that's what I always try to say. I don't have unique experience that nothing ever touches me on the external world or things don't show up, uh, you know, that are can be considered problematic. I don't go to bed with them though. I don't just go say I'm going after the struggle. I have to be conscious and awake to say I'm not going there. I'm open to this working out and if this was easy, this is what I would do. We have to drop competing with how hard our life is 
for fear that we may be bragging if we're enjoying ease when others are not. Some won't allow themselves peace until there's global peace or nobody's starving or there isn't global warming. To me, that looks like 10 people being stuck at the bottom of a well and you're looking down and you jump in because you want to relate and belong and not make people feel uncomfortable or not brag that you're on the outside of the well. You can't help people when you jump in the well. You can't help people when they're in the struggle and then you jump in and you become as as much engrossed in the struggle as they are. You can't help when you are down there. You can create solutions and build something better from being outside of the well. So don't diminish that. Don't feel guilty about being outside of the top of the well. Do something. Find it easier that you are outside of the well and begin to be a problem solver, a a creator, a builder of something. But by diminishing and saying, I'm going to get in the struggle to make other people feel comfortable, you diminish you know, and, and, and actually eradicate or eliminate their possibilities of being helped as well. Richard Bach is known for saying, argue for your limitations and they're yours. It's one of the first sentences I ever put into one of my, my notebooks or journals. Argue for your limitations and they're yours. What if we all stopped arguing on behalf of how hard things are? And started to allow our life to be filled with more peace and ease instead of arguing for the struggle. And it's just amazing that this can be done without external circumstances changing. And while the idea of things being easy may not be easy for you to embrace, ironically, I encourage you this week to challenge yourself, and I will challenge myself too, to take this on in your life and become more comfortable with it. It might be easier than you think it's going to be. And notice if there's resistance right now to allowing ease in your life and where you might justify being in the struggle and that that feels more miserably comfortable than being willing to open up to the possibility that things are easy. Catch yourself this week, engage in that challenge of letting life be easy for a week and engage in your challenge of not complaining, not gossiping, but asking a neighbor what's going well. Let's share something that's going, going good right now. Have a delightful and an easy week. And I'll talk to you next week. Same bat channel, same bat place. I always love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, any of those places. Most importantly, be well and live life easy. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. 